Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I discuss this week's episode of Monday Night Raw as well as continue our analysis of WWE Super Showdown, including the one match everyone is still talking about. Despite having the deck stacked against them and being DQ'd by special guest referee Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins stood tall, swinging his steel chair at the end of Monday Night Raw. The WWE seems to be positioning the Beast Slayer as the face of the company, but is he the best choice? Plus, The Undertaker and Goldberg were the main event of WWE Super Showdown this past Friday, and social media went crazy on the final 90 seconds of the match. We'll discuss whether that criticism was warranted. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Seth Rollins, a universal champion, you know, may have not won the battle, but he won the war, and he's going to be facing Baron Corbin at stomping grounds. Um, I'm going to say this, and I don't know if it's going to be a popular comment, and I don't want it taken the wrong way. You and I had several discussions before WrestleMania 35 about Seth Rollins. Okay. And Brock Lesnar was a universal champion, and I think we would all agree that we wanted Brock to drop that title. But I had questions about Seth being your universal champion, being the face of Monday Night Raw. Now, this is not taking anything away from Seth Rollins. I really like Seth Rollins. He is an amazing talent. But I don't think Seth Rollins is the guy. And when you're the universal champion and you're starting off Monday Night Raw, then I look at you as the face of Monday Night Raw. Because Seth Rollins is a face. Seth Rollins is your champion. And Seth Rollins starts off Monday Night Raw. Mark, I just don't know, judging from what I've seen since WrestleMania 35, and we're talking what now? Two months since WrestleMania 35? As much as I do like Seth Rollins, I just don't think he's the quote-unquote face of Monday Night Raw. I'd have to disagree. Okay. I think that Seth is an unbelievable talent. I think that he commands... The crowd, there's not many guys that can come through that curtain and the whole crowd in unison say anything. Go back. Anything. He controls them. Burn it down. And he goes out and the crowd, they want him as champion. He's a chosen guy as champion, not somebody that was pushed into that spot. I don't know if I agree with that, Mark. And here's why, but because you say he was the chosen guy, I think it was more of a fact that people were tired of Brock Lesnar as being the champion. I thought it had more about they wanted that title off of Brock than than they wanted that title to be on Seth Rollins. When I go back and watch that match, and and listen, Seth is extremely popular. Not denying that. Seth is Seth is amazing in the ring. I'm not denying that. But when I look at a champion, when I look at a face of a company, when I look at the face of Monday Night Raw, I look at some of the talents that we've seen over the, even the last 10 years, and I just don't know if Seth is that guy. Can I don't... we go back like a year and a half to the gauntlet match? Mm-hmm. I know. And what did we say that day? 
It was an amazing Coming match. in on, we came in here on Tuesday and we're like, wow, that guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. He's the future of the business. And here we are today, a year and a half past WrestleMania. And now he's not the guy. I, I, I don't think he is. See, here's whether you loved him or hate him. You bought a ticket to see John Cena when he was champion. Love him or hate him. You bought a ticket to see Daniel Bryan as champion. I don't know if right now you buy a ticket to see Seth Rollins as champion. I bought tickets to see Brock Lesnar lose his championship title. I don't know if Seth Rollins is really that guy. Now, that's just my opinion, Mark. I knew you would disagree. And kind of in a backhanded way, this came up in our conversation yesterday with Ric Flair. I was actually talking about Randy Orton, but Seth Rollins came up in the conversation. And this is what Ric Flair had to say about Seth Rollins. You know, right now today, Seth Rollins is great, but he's not Randy Orton. Can he do more gymnastic stuff? Yes. If Orton had to do that, he could do it. Okay? And Seth is deceptively strong, which makes him unbelievable. That roll-through stuff he was doing with John Cena, I, it, it, it amazed me. Now, he's com- Rick is comparing him to Randy Orton, and it's it's not fair to you know compare anyone to Randy Orton. You would agree with that. Randy Orton is just one of the, the – pro- No, he's, he's a bona fide Hall of Fame, yes. one, of the, one of the best wrestlers that ever did it. And I think – Rick's point was is he feels like Randy should be the face of the company, that Randy should be the one that every week you pay money to see what's going to happen. Is he going to dictate the feeling of hate, or is he going to make you have hope and want to see him succeed? Whatever the case, Mm -hmm. that's the way Rick feels about Randy, and he doesn't feel that way about Seth. And, you know, I, I agree with Ric Flair. And I and and I and you know what? I'll go far as back as what I just saw last Friday. When you watch that match between Randy Orton and Triple H, Randy Orton brings a presence to a match that I don't think Seth does. I I just I just don't have that connection with Seth Rollins right now. Could that Aha! You said connection. Seth is building his connection right now. Randy has his connection. Yes. Randy's been around for what? Close to 15 years. Yes. And Seth has been around just, you know, a quarter of that, not even. So he's building his still. Uh, Randy has that connection with the crowd. And, and you know, I, there's not many people that speak more highly of Randy than I do. Mm Mm-hmm. And and I can see that I can see Rick. Rick is an authority. Yep. I, I if Rick says it, you know what? I'll consider it more than most. And here's the thing, Mark. I say building. And listen, I, I could be cr- completely wrong. And this is where I want to hear from the nation. Eight seven seven three four 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 eight nine three. Eight seven seven fight ninety three. Convince me. Maybe there's something I'm just not seeing. But you talk about that connection, and you said that all right. You don't have that connection just yet. Well, if I don't have that connection just yet, then I don't see him as being the face of the franchise, being the champion. And I still look at that championship title as being that tool that makes you the face of the franchise. I don't have that now. Right now. Okay. They made the choice that said, we're putting that title on Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is your universal champion. Seth Rollins is going to start Monday Night Raw. He's the guy. He's the champion. I do not have that connection with Seth Rollins just yet to say that this is the guy. Before Daniel Bryan became champion, I had that connection with Daniel Bryan. I had Hmm. that connection with John Cena. I do not have it with Seth. I just don't. Now What what is it going to take? What is it going to take? You tell us, and then our fans tells the WWE what they want. True. And so, I, so spit it out. What? It, what? So what you're asking me is what is missing from what Seth? What is missing from Seth that he needs to implement that's going to make him have a connection with you? I, I, I can't put my finger on it. Because is, that, is it that je ne sais quoi? 
It's it maybe it's it's that certain something that something it's else. you know how Bobby Roode says the it factor that certain something that's gonna say mm. you know what I want to buy a ticket to watch this man defend the title I'm gonna buy a ticket this because is the guy that's gonna make me buy a ticket I can't put my fingers on it that's what you miss mm. that's that's interesting I'm 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 really sitting here trying to absorb it all and. I think the extra thing with Seth is he can do stuff that a guy his size normally would not be able to do. I, I, I Mark, I agree with all that. Like, if somebody wants to come on and say he's a great wrestler, 100% he's a great wrestler. Is he somebody that's one of the best wrestlers on the run? Yes. But let me go back to Friday and that super showdown. Where when did Seth Rollins defend that Universal Championship on that show? Do you remember when he defended that title on that show on Friday? In the middle. Oh, it was the first match on the show. The first match on the show was Seth Rollins defending that Universal title. Would Daniel Bryan as world champion ever start off a show defending the title? Would John Cena ever start off the show defending the title? Mm, no. It would have been main event. And that's actually the second time they've done that, Dave. They'd started this WrestleMania with that match. Wow. Dave. Seth you, Rollins is not the guy. You just blew you just blew my mind, Dave. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. I respect Seth as a talent. I think Seth is a top talent. I just don't think he is the talent. Let's go out to the Busted Open Nation. Let's go out to Bill in Brooklyn. And, Bill, what do you think about my comments on Seth Rollins? Uh, Dave, I actually agree with you 100%. Um, I, I feel like Seth Rollins is a, just a, the sacrificial lamp for what's going on in today's wrestling world, in a sense. I feel like back in the day, the whole card up to de- you know, top to bottom was great. I just feel like he just is, he's great. You said great talent, but same thing with what you're saying. He doesn't push me to want to go buy a ticket. I'm from the New York market. I mean, I, I always never miss a show. But the last few go-arounds, I mean, I have the SummerSlam WrestleMania, I go to the big shows, but Raw's, like, the ones that Raw's coming up in July, I don't I, I don't want to go to them. The ones that are in the Prudential Center and the one that's in uh, Nassau, Old Nassau Coliseum. I, I have no interest in going to see Raw. I'd rather watch it on television. All right, so let me ask you this. Is, is that more about the show itself, or is that more about the fact that you feel like the champion who is your top guy is just not a guy you want to see defend the title? I feel like the champion I have right now is not a guy I want to, to defend the title, and I feel like I love Baron Corbin as a heel. I love Sami Zayn. I just feel like I, I just feel like they're not going to give them the belt, so what's the point in me going well, who, to watch Who is the like guy that really you gonna... want to see? Who is the guy that you want to see in that spot? You're calling the shots like right that. now. Oof, listen, you better tell Triple H to give me a contract and become a writer. Um, <laughs> no, but as but as but as a fan, you know, let let's take let's take the hat off of being a booker. Let's take the hat off of being a writer. Like as a fan, Bill, who on the roster right now is somebody that you would pay money to buy a ticket to see either defend that title or win that title? AJ Styles, hands down, I think is since he came over. I, I watched some of his stuff. I watched none of stuff in Japan. I watched some of the TNA stuff. I think AJ Styles, bar none, is right now my, my absolute favorite. I would say I would definitely buy a ticket to one and go see as a champion. All right, Bill. Okay. All right, Bill. I'll take it. Thanks for the phone call. And, and, and listen, like, you know, Bill, AJ is definitely a guy. Uh, AJ is somebody who's a tremendous wrestler. Yeah. AJ can play the heel, can play the face. You know, AJ's been a champion. AJ's, I think, has gotten really good on the microphone. So has Seth. But I think there is something about AJ that actually would want me to see him win the title or defend the title. It's just a presence I think is lacking from Seth Rollins right now. And I yeah. think, and I think going into WrestleMania 35, Alex Metz, our producer, said it. 
and I'm not going to put too much stock into it, but the fact that that was the first match at WrestleMania, I probably actually give it some credit. The fact it really kicked off WrestleMania in a very, very strong way. And I think Seth and Brock later in the card would have got lost in the shuffle, Mark, because you had that historic main event with the women. But I think that was more about Brock losing the title than Seth winning the title. Like, I think more people were just sick of Brock Lesnar, tired of him being the universal champion, tired of that title not being defended, you know, tired of not having the champion on TV week in and week out. And I think Seth was the guy that they were like, all right, Seth's the guy to win the title. But I think it was more about Brock than it was about Seth. You know what? And I look at it like this. Brett, um, Seth started the show Monday night. He ended the show Monday night. Mm -hmm. He's the guy. But at the pay-per-views going forward, he's going to have to kind of demand that main event spot that we consider to be the main event spot at the end of the show and closing out the pay-per-views in WrestleMania on him to be that main guy. That I think that's one of the elements that we look at as the criteria to be judged by as the guy. And Dave, you're right. He is he has got to be respected by the office enough to be put in the spot where we consider to be where the main main event guy sits. Yeah. And and you know what, Mark? This is where I'll give the WWE credit here. Hey, the WWE had him beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 35. So yeah. you're beating you're beating the guy on the show. And you just mentioned Monday Night Raw from last night, Mark. He's Seth Rollins started Monday Night Raw. And then he's in the main event at the end of the show. I mean, there's not much more of a spotlight that you can give somebody than what the WWE is doing for Seth Rollins right now. But you got to give it to him at at the pay-per-view. You have to give it to him at SummerSlam, Survivor Series, WrestleMania. You got to give it to him then as well. All right. Okay. that's, That's what you're saying that... He needs to be in that main event spot, that extra. One of the main criterias of both of us and and what our fans just said was we want to see him close it. That's finishing. Being the on not just being on the poster. It's cool to be on the poster in the middle. But are you the guy that's ending the big program? Is Seth Rollins, and I don't know Seth Rollins. I we interv- I we interviewed him once here on Busted Open, and that was over the phone. Hell of a guy. Is is he that guy that wants it? Is he a guy yes. that's like I want to be the guy? Yes, he is very ambitious, but he's also very giving. Mm-hmm. And I think that in his maturity, is going to come where he realizes, hey guys, I need to close the show. I can't open the show and and start with energy and positivity and all of the stuff that I've done my whole career I earned to close the show. Let me let me do that. All right. I mean and, and you know what what you just threw out there Mark is a huge and I think a very good measuring stick. If we're talking about Seth Rollins here in August still being your champion, then he better be a guy that's headlining SummerSlam. If you have a champion that you believe in, and if you have a guy that you're saying, hey, this is going to be the face of the show, this is the face of the franchise, then he better be main eventing pay-per-views, especially as champion. We yeah. talked about it on this show. They never really gave, gave AJ that opportunity. When AJ was champion, he was never the main event. Let's see if Seth Rollins is going to be that main event. All right, let's go out to Mike in South Carolina. Mike, what did you want to say about Seth, buddy? Hey, guys, I kind of agree with you, kind of both of you, really. Uh, it's almost like Seth don't really play the underdog well with, uh, I guess you would say, the character. But I do think he needs time. The best person to be in that spot, of course, will be Randy Orton. But he's 13-time champ. Uh, that ties up so much to where storyline-wise, you know, you couldn't do much with him because, boom, there he'll be at 16 and 17. And I don't know if they want him in that spot. I think you'll see Randy up there toward the end of his career. But Seth, I think Seth just needs a little bit more time. 
Well, if he, and and Mike, thanks for the phone call. If you're saying that Seth needs a little bit more time, then Seth shouldn't be your champion, Mark. You give you give the championship title and the main event and starting and ending Raws to a guy that you believe in, not in a guy that you think needs a little bit more time. Am I off on this? I think that is it, it might be easier to have somebody new be in that spot as to having a Randy Orton, a uh, uh, Daniel Bryan, or a AJ Styles in that spot because they're so opinionated on how they feel like it should happen that maybe that's a point of contention too. That Seth is easier to work with, so it's like, hey, let's put Seth in that spot. <laughs> you know, yeah. wow, this is this is walking in the daisies compared to – you know, standing there trying to convince Randy and AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, who has a definitive idea of what they want with that program and being the main event guy and what they want, will they allow to happen? Like, man, I, no, I don't believe in that. That's not going to get over right. You're and, right. And uh, I think that Seth is also a part of that new mold, uh, guys that came from NXT who – understand that they've have so long to get it in before they switch to somebody else because everybody's going to get their shot how long your shot lasts is up to you that's a really good point if you don't know sirius xm then listen up commercial free music plus sports comedy talk and news they have it all a lot of people think you need a car to enjoy sirius xm but you don't you can listen outside the car right now you can get your first three months of sirius xm outside the car for just one dollar just go to siriusxm.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe you can listen on your phone at home and online that's siriusxm.com busted offer available to new sirius xm streaming subscribers sirius xm no car required you and bully on friday had a great conversation about goldberg and the undertaker and we, i really loved it we did it was a great time and it the, it was very respectful conversation uh both of those guys deserve the respect and admiration uh from our fans and from us and you can't judge them on their primes guys it is almost sacrilege to expect a man in his 50s to be the man that they were at 35. You know, you 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 live for the moment. Don't don't live for the past. It's cool to live for the future, especially if it's related around, you know, somebody that's just been born and you're trying to cultivate the the world to to fit that kid. Yeah, you could do it then, but you got to live in the now in pro wrestling. We talk about it all the time. Why are you rushing it? Why you want it right? You you sometimes let it build, enjoy the story. But we didn't do that, and I was aggravated as hell about it. The Undertaker deserves the respect that he deserves. Goldberg deserves the respect that he's earned. The guy went in and busted his face open. He finished that match. How about saying, thank you for not tapping out? He could have easily said, hey, man, I can't see. I rung my bell. And they went into a series of choke slams and one, two, three, and it's over. Could have done that. Didn't do it. They went through it for you. But yet, the Twitter fingers, the people that probably can't run a mile in under a day, the people that can't lift their own body weight, do one pull-up, the people that can't get their, their families in order and get all of their life in order, people that don't have any belief in nothing beyond their own nose, those are the people that came on social media and berated The Undertaker and Goldberg when it was a travesty to the wrestling business because they deserve better than that. Damn it. They deserve better than that. And anybody that sent a tweet like that, you, you, ought, to, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Everybody that knows you should look at you differently. I'm sorry. No, I can tell. It's too, it's too close 
and I, maybe I'm 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 being a little bit emotional about it because I know both those guys very well, and I'd be damned if I'm gonna let somebody tarnish their memory and their existence in this business and what they've gave to me personally because they got the ability to communicate with millions of people by sending a tweet. Is it about respect, Mark, at the yes, end of the day? Yes, it's about respect. It's, it's about loyalty, too. Like, they gave a lot for us as fans. Like, man, I, I think about it. every moment that I heard the gong since 94. I think about the walks that Goldberg made a hundred times without a loss. All the fights with the security guards and all of the times that great wrestlers went to the ring and got jackhammered. There's a lot that goes into that build, years and years of build for those two individuals. And we got people that can't lace their own damn shoes, chew bubble gum at the same time, try to tear them down in a second over a tweet. It's, it's brutal to me. There's a lot here, and Bully and I talked about this at length yesterday. And like I said, you and Bully did a tremendous job talking that match up on Friday. Gave me chills, be quite honest. Got me pumped for what I was about to see because I think you both did a great job talking about their legacies, what they've given to the business, sharing stories. I fast-forward to Friday and watching that, and... I'm not the, I'll be honest, I'm not the, the biggest Goldberg fan, but I respect Goldberg and what he's given to the business. But it, for me, as a fan, it goes back to The Undertaker. And watching The Undertaker's entrance gave me goosebumps, Mark. I, first of all, the, the entrance was absolutely phenomenal with, with the druids and, and with the lasers and, 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 and that complete setup. And hearing those gongs... It, it's it's like it it just evaporates the last 25 years to me and it brings me back to you know being younger and watching the undertaker for the first time and and I get goosebumps and I get nostalgic it's it's the undertaker Dave when when that when the gong broke out it was like I was 10 years old it was like I was a little kid I was so excited man so excited and I, I felt like for, for what it was, I still was more than entertained. More than entertained. Got well, way more than what I what I what I expected. I don't know if you remember or not, but I said, you know what, man, seven to ten minutes will be great. Yep. Bell to bell. We got way more than that. <laughs> we got way more than that. So I was I was giddy with what we got. And you know, we were talking earlier about our the interns. I got my intern with me. Mm -hmm. I got Mr. Jacob. My son is, you know, it's it's uh bring your kid to work day. <laughs> That's right. I didn't get the just, memo. Just with me, not with everybody else. <laughs> but, but just with me. And I asked Jacob, I was like, how did you feel about when you heard Undertaker and you saw Goldberg's entrance? Jacob, come here for a second. Jacob Henry. Tell Mr. Dave how you felt when Goldberg's entrance and Undertaker's entrance play. I had goosebumps. I didn't even know. I even I couldn't move. I was just like, it's like, it's like when you see something happen, it's like so ridiculous that you can't do anything. Like, it's like your body feels like you're just floating. It was just it was like one of those kind of feelings. It was so insane. You don't know how to get down, and you feel like you're dreaming, but you're not. It's like it was really a cool moment. I like it's it. It's like totally awesome, dude. 
<laughs> and, th- and think about it, you know, and here is, you know, The Undertaker, who's what now, 54 years old? Yes. So, and, and here's, people tearing it down. And here's like Jacob. Here's Jacob talking about, how old is Jacob now? Jacob is 13. All right, Jacob is 13. And he's talking about The Undertaker, who everybody on social media is saying that he's well past his prime. And a 13-year-old is getting goosebumps from seeing The Undertaker. Is there any other wrestler... Seriously, is there what other wrestler is giving you goosebumps like that? Hmm. And this is a 13-year-old telling us this. I'm 47, and I got goosebumps on Friday watching The Undertaker's entrance. Not many wrestlers in the history of this sport can say that, Mark. No, not at all. And, and even, like, right now, you know what moved me the most out of the show last night was the... The interaction between Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Those two guys, when they touched, it was magic. They were like, you know what? This is what we are, but we're going to do this. And I've been there before. I had a match with Hugh Morris. Mm -hmm. And we would drop down, leapfrog, arm drag, like we went in, brother, did we go in. One of the one of the proud moments of my career. Because I, I mentioned that after that match, Ricky Steamboat came to us and said, hey, guys, it's good to see the psychology still exists in our business. That was great. Wow. And I was like, I made it. I made it. It's over. <laughs> It's done. You can't get no higher than that, but it does. And seeing Brian and Bobby, that's what makes me want to say, wow, you know what? Dave, you might be right. As much as I love Seth, last night that moved me more than anything on the show. Seeing those two big monsters who you know, if they hit you like that, you're going to feel it. You can feel it. That's what I got out of them last night. An unbelievable belief that if Brian clothesline you like that, it's going to hurt. And to see those big guys move like that, leapfrog and arm drag and front roll over, Is that, that's what we want to see as fans. And they were we throwing that it. out there early. They were doing the arm drags yeah. and the rollovers early in that match. I was like, oh, my God. Like, when have we ever seen this from Braun Strowman? Braun Strowman yeah, and Bobby Lashley, too. We've talked about Bobby Lashley, and we <laughs> believe he could be a main eventer. Braun Strowman last night came out with a purpose. He had a purpose in yep. his mind last night, and, and he was sharp, moving quickly and – he was on time with everything that he did. Like, I don't know if he got an ass chewing before the show. Like, hey, man, we need to see you more intense. Like, Alex gives me that sometimes. Mark, I want you to be intense. He turns into Belichick on me. Come on, man, bring it out. Like, you can do it. And well, it's, it's more if he knows you can do it. He knows I can do it, so, so he wants me to do that and perform it. And 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 that's what I got out of Braun Strowman last night. Alex might have snuck a conversation with him, but he came out fired the hell up last night, brother. And for him and Bobby to do what they did and 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 give me that sense of yes, yes, that's come on, boys. Like I'm standing up. Oh man, it was good. Man, and, it was good. And this goes back a little bit to the conversation I was having about Seth Rollins. I don't believe Seth Rollins is the guy. He has that championship. He's starting and ending the show. But I feel with Seth, there's something a little missing from him. Which, to me, if I'm on that roster and I feel the same way, I'm going to say, you know what? This is up for grabs. And if I'm Braun Strowman, who was on the cusp of that, about a year ago, we were talking a hell of a lot more about Braun Strowman a year ago. And I actually had this argument with Bully on the air. I thought it was Braun Strowman's time. And and Bully was like, you know what? It's not quite time yet. We're almost there, but you got to wait it out. You got to be patient. And I was like, 
I think it's his time. <laughs> and what happens when you wait sometimes? You lose your opportunity. Braun yep. Strowman lost his opportunity. I'm sure he's Preach. more pissed than anybody that the last 12 months has not gone his way. I mean, at WrestleMania, he's on the freaking Battle Royal in the pre-show. Yep. And I think that he senses that uh, that moment of loss, opportunity, whether it be injury, whether it be uh, not being in the good graces or whatever the, the, the case was. I don't know. I'm speculating mm-hmm. because I'm not there. But whatever it is, I think Brian is trying to make up for it. He's trying to become that guy again that everybody lo- knew and loved. And when he walked out, and said, you know what, somebody's about to, and the whole crowd in unison, get these hands. And they would continuously cheer. He wouldn't have to prompt them to say nothing. They would just be cheering just because of his presence. We miss that. I do. All right, I'm going to ask you a question, Mark. I'm going to put you on the spot. All right, because you're coming here and you're and, and, and you agree. Something that grabbed you from the show last night. If I asked you what grabbed you from last night's Roy, you're going to tell me Braun Strowman and, and, and Lashley, correct? Yes, I am. All right. So let me ask you this. If you gave Braun Strowman just a little bit more than what he has right now, if you gave him a little bit more of a spotlight, if you got him a little bit closer to the main event, who are you buying in more as a champion, Braun Strowman or Seth Rollins? Wow. Uh, I I would have to say Braun. Damn right you would. Because if Braun was champion, he would have the support of the crowd already. One. Two, you know that once he starts going like he did last night and you roll out to the floor and he jumps out on the opposite side and takes off running, the whole crowd is going to go, oh, And when you're able to get those type of reactions, you need to be champion. Because when you, when you get beat down, what's going to happen? The crowd is going to be pissed off. You hurt my guy. Now I want to see him beat you for his title. You can be a front runner when you're Braun Strowman as champion. And that's what we miss because people forget when you're in jeopardy all the time, you tend to feel like there's a certain level of weakness, but John Cena never felt the weakness. There was never a weakness out there. There was no, when the rock was champion, you didn't think about the rock ever being weak. Ron Simmons, Randy Orton, Triple H. You never thought about them them having a weak moment. You got sympathy. There was sympathy when they were champion, when they got hurt or they somebody did something low down and dirty. But for the most part, you wanted to see them succeed. Your sense of this overwhelming sense of seeing that person succeed superseded anything else. That's my guy. I want to see him win. And that, from what the conversation that we've had today is, I see some of that that's not that is not existing with Seth. And not saying that he shouldn't be champion because he should. He's got the talent and, and people believe him. But last night, I got grasped by a guy that's in the middle. So maybe the guy in the middle should be at the end. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. We were talking about The Undertaker and Goldberg oh, before, right? Yes, yes. yes. And, uh, you know, we got into it, and it's about respect. And, you know, and we talked about this. We asked Ric Flair about this yesterday as well. And, you know, we talked about Ric Flair. And Ric Flair, 
um, had a lot to say. And this was Ric Flair's comments because Bully actually asked him if he had seen The Undertaker in Goldberg. And did he see the criticism? And did he have a problem with the criticism of the fans about especially the last 90 seconds of that match? And this was what Ric Flair had to say. He said this. He said, I don't like it, but that doesn't mean that they cannot have an opinion. I don't have an agenda here. I cannot let a minute or two of fatigue define anybody. It's funny. Had they gone on one more minute perfect and hit it, everyone would have been like, oh, my God, that was perfect. He's got a point there. If things just went a little bit different in that last 90 seconds. Yeah. 90 you know, we seconds. Would, 90 seconds. 90 seconds should not define an entire career. 90 seconds should not be not only a reflection on a career, on a match. So everyone's now saying Goldberg and Undertaker are over the hill based on that 90 seconds. And I think it's unfair. On top of the fact that they went all that time after Goldberg being knocked silly. Man, there was two things that they overcame. They overcame uh, an enduring match where they did a lot. They did a lot. And on top of that, Goldberg started that match off being knocked silly. And he persevered. Mm -hmm. And he stuck to it. And he didn't quit when he could have said, guys, I don't want to put, I don't, I can't, I might endanger some taker. I don't want to do nothing that's going to hurt him. But he stuck to it, and he sucked it up, and he did it. And it took a lot of pride, and it took a lot of intestinal fortitude to do what he did. And he wanted to make sure that you were happy with the product that they put on film. Prosperity. People are going to remember that forever. And they did it for everybody else, and and still, 90 seconds tarnished the whole thing and I was pissed and I don't want I'm not gonna go back I'm not gonna get into it ranting is your thing because no you had a nice little rant before and it wasn't a rant it was I think it was it was an emotional reaction is what you had earlier in the show I would call that more of an emotional reaction because again not only as a fan but as somebody who has shared a locker room with these men yeah and and the pride that they both have of not wanting to put a bad product on the on the on the floor. And I, I know that, you know, you hear all these stories of all these people that were not there. Oh, they had an altercation afterwards and this happened and that happened. And none of these people were there. Nobody. Now if it, if somebody put a name on it and said, oh, um, Undertaker said that they had words or Goldberg said, man, you know what? We had a disagreement, uh, something like that. Then I'll, 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 you know, okay, I can see it. But until I hear a name behind it, I'm not going to buy into that because they're both too prideful. And, and I think that they would have, they would have settled it in private. Yes. Now, somebody who's completely ageless in the ring, and I just mentioned him before, and that's Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, another great matchup at Dominion with Okada. And Chris Jericho tweeted this out, and I think it's a significant tweet. He said, both Undertaker and Goldberg are once-in-a-lifetime top-level performers and money draws. And even though they might not be at their peak and had an outing that wasn't perfect, they are still better than most. I think Mick Jagger and Ozzy Osbourne would agree. Hashtag respect. I think that's a great tweet from Chris Jericho. Chris is a classy human being, and and he's a smart guy. And he's a guy that is not average in his exposure to the world and systems and being involved in situations that were above board when it came to communicating with wrestler to wrestler and fan to wrestler mm-hmm. he's been through everything there's not one thing that's going to be new to chris and for him to say what he said about these two individuals 
uh, is validating. And that's what you should, you know, want to kind of listen to, not what's in your own head, guys. And, you know, everyone talks about age. And, like, we had Ric Flair. And Ric Flair, you know, he went well into his 50s, into his 60s, as far as being an in-ring performer. Chris Jericho right now at the age of 48, in my opinion, Mark, is probably wrestling the best that he's ever in his career. Now, has he had to change his style? Alex Metz and I were talking about it before the show. Is he more of a brawler you know, than a high flyer? Absolutely. But I think what I have seen from Chris Jericho the last two years has taken him to another level. Was Chris Jericho already like one of the greats? Absolutely. I'm now talking about Chris Jericho as a top 10 all-time performer, and I'm basing a lot of that on what Chris Jericho has been able to do the last two years of his career outside of the WWE. Chris is versatile, Dave. He's one of the most versatile wrestlers in history. I had matches with Chris where I would miss something. He would give me a DDT. I would stand up to my knees. He would hit me with like two or three knees in the face, drop kick off the ropes, and give me a line salt. I remember it like it was yesterday. I actually remember better now than I did at the time. So I don't know. Maybe I was. Maybe I did have a concussion. Yeah. But Chris was able to have matches with Chavo Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero, where he did lucha style. I've seen Chris have matches with Undertaker and the Brock Lesnar's and Kurt Angles of the world. The guy, the Triple H is the guys in the middle. Historical matches. He has no weakness. He's versatile. He can have any style of match. So if he says to me, Mark, um, Undertaker and Goldberg are this, I am going to take into consideration what he says over everybody else on the radio that comes on and has an opinion, and it's just an opinion. We all have them. But from Chris, I will take it as fact. You can write it in stone if he says that about another individual because it's not based on his love for the individual. It's based on his love for the business. And, you know, again, I I haven't witnessed any of this, but – you know, we kind of know the history, you know, with with Goldberg and Jericho and, uh, you know, going back to the days of WCW where maybe they didn't see eye to eye. But when it comes to respect and knowing yep. what somebody has done for the industry, all that's thrown out the window. Did it get in the way? No, it did not get in the way. He could have easily said, oh, Goldberg, whatever. He didn't do that. He said, you need to respect these men's body of work and not try to tear them down over 90 seconds after an injury and after fatigue. It's been how many years since Goldberg was in the ring? Two, four? Two, it was over two years ago at WrestleMania 33 when Goldberg was last in the Two ring. years! And you're going to complain about 90 seconds. How did we get back here and get me pissed all over again and sweat dripping down my forehead? But, you know, How? like, all right, but I'm going to take it in a little bit of a different direction because I think this is a fascinating topic. And I'm, I'm glad I'm making you sweat a little bit. It's okay. It makes for good radio. I brought up to you, we're both Cowboy fans, Troy Aikman's last year. I brought this up to Bully. Troy Aikman I'm didn't have forget it. Troy Aikman didn't have a great last year of his career. No, he didn't. All right, he threw uh, twice as many interceptions as he did touchdowns that season. And I remember people booing him and chanting for Randall Cunningham. Now you can have the opinion, Mark, that you know what it might be time for Troy Aikman to step aside. You might even have an opinion where, hey, maybe we need to put the backup quarterback in. But you're taking it to a different level when you boo somebody who has won your championships, who's a legend, 
and has been a leader of your franchise for over a decade. It takes a certain type of fan to boo that man as he walks off the field. I think it takes a certain type of fan to go to social media and complain about somebody like The Undertaker and Goldberg after how much they gave you. And on top of it, that Goldberg continued that match after getting his bell rung and getting busted open. Hmm. That could have that match could have been over in four minutes, but they decided to go the distance because they wanted to put a show on for the fans. Exactly. And when you hear from Ric Flair yesterday and you read that tweet from Chris Jericho, again, a 48-year-old Chris Jericho that nobody is saying he should retire. Nobody's saying Chris Jericho could slow, should slow down. Nobody's complaining that Chris Jericho was in the main event at Double or Nothing. Why they have a 48-year-old wrestler in the main event at Double or Nothing, AEW, new company? Nobody's doing that. Why? Because he's tremendous. He's amazing. He's doing the best work of his career. And yes, he's 48 years old. And Dave, I will be 48 tomorrow. And I'm going to tell you right now, I chose to stop on my own. Not because I can't, because I can get in there right now, dye my beard, and you will think that it's, it's 2013 all over again. But I'm, I, I chose to get away. Bill and Undertaker, they are so great that they're still able to be out there and do this business and have the passion for it. I have the passion for it, but you know what, Dave? I just choose not to. They they are choosing it because they love it, one, and they still get the reaction from the fan, and that is the one thing that I miss is I miss being cheered. I miss having people respect my sweat and my blood. I miss that. I miss the locker room. I miss the guys being on the road, going through it together. I miss it. And you have two guys that are out there doing it, guys, for you. And you complain. Not everybody. I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to those individuals that sent those horrific treat tweets and Instagram posts and Facebook posts. Come on, guys. Y'all better than that. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too, because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Rapatha.com or call 1-844-RAPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Rapatha.